Welcome to the Vinny Rock Podcast. Podcast. I took the blows and did it my way. It's time. The Vinny Rock Podcast. Hey, what's up? It's the Vinny Rock Podcast. Now, well, before we start, I have to go through these sponsors, and I haven't done this in like a week, so I'm going to fuck it all up. <laughs> but we will. Oh, I'm going to, I, I mess this up quite a bit, and I get in trouble by Mike all the time. So it's kind of funny. But um, where are we at? Okay. Yo, we got Core Medical Group. Core Medical Group is a testosterone replacement therapy program. All right, if you are a man above 25 and you haven't had your blood work checked, I recommend it. Go get it checked. Go get your blood work done. Mostly you're going to find out that you have low testosterone and it's time to get that fixed. Low T could be the reason why your penis doesn't work, right? Low libido and, and low sex drive, but not even that is why you're probably not feeling yourself and you're not getting healthy the way that you want. You've been going to the gym for a few weeks, don't feel any changes. You probably have low T. Go check out Core Medical Group. Hit them up. You will love them. Uh, they're a great company. If you guys need anything from them, hit me up and I can give you a direct phone number. Live Bearded uh, is what I use on the beard. It is I trimmed it down because I needed to refresh and let the chin breathe. But now we're starting to grow it out again. I do get very ashy here in Salt Lake City, and so I use the oils even when I have a low beard just like this to keep the skin nice and beautiful. You guys go hit up Live Bearded. Promo code is Rocco, R-O-C-C-O. Willie Pete's Chocolate is a veteran-owned chocolate manufacturing person. He does it himself all at the, at the comfort of his home. He, he grows these hot chili peppers. He makes the chocolate. He puts them together in a crazy, delicious fashion. You guys would love them. Go check out WillyPeachChocolates.com. Deadeye Outfitters is your outdoor apparel. These guys make now some socks that you would love. They're the best socks I've ever had in my entire life, but not even that. They also have a flannel. Those flannels, every every flannel you buy, $10 goes to Veteran. So if you guys want to help Veteran Cause and Veterans, go check out those flannels at Deadeye. It's Deadeye Outfitters. Okay. Bullion Box. Use the promo code Rocco. You can get yourself a subscription-based service where they send you precious metals. Right now is the time to get on the precious metal market. It's hitting big. I shared a few videos the other day. You guys got to go check those out. My man's uh, my man um, freaking Charlie. Charlie gets it done, gives you all the information you need. Veteran. Veteran is my company. Go check it out. We're still giving away a truck. We're running down to the wire at the, at the end of it. Uh, go hit it up at veteran.com. That's veteran with a B. Modern Gun School is a distance learning armor school that you can use your voc rehab and your GI Bill. Go check it out. They do all kinds of incredible stuff. If you guys want to get their website directly, it's going to be mgs.edu. All right. And last but not least, Manscaped, home of the lawnmower 3.0 and the lawn trimmer. There's so many things I can tell you about this. We're going to get to that later on in the show. But Manscaped, go use promo code Rocco. Get yourself 20% off and free shipping. Hit them up right now. Let's get to the podcast. My man, Neville, what's going on? Hey, man. Good morning. How's it going that side? Uh, it's been hectic, dude. I just got home from from filming that TV show that, that I do, and I'm I'm trying to catch up on everything I have at home. It's been it's actually been a little crazy, but 
Uh, it's a blessing. I've been working, and so I can't complain. Now it's time to work on another project. Uh, I'm actually working on a writing project now, awesome. and which makes this conversation even better because you served in the military, right? But after that, you got in. We'll get into that later. But you got into writing. Is that correct? Yeah, correct. Yeah, I got into writing um, much t- um, a few years after um, I, I got out. So, um, but always at this um, connection, the desire to, to write. I never knew what, I never knew uh, where or how, but I know um, it, it was always within me. And I always wanted to to write something down, but I never had the confidence. I never had the, yeah, I would say self-confidence to just put it on paper because I, I think I was just too afraid what people might think or say. That was the biggest thing. Someone asked me the other day, actually, one of my good friends from basic training, he goes, how does someone start their path to becoming a writer, actor, and producer? And I said, confidence. And, yeah. and you know, and I know it's like, we can all aspire to want to be all these things until you have the confidence to put yourself out there. It's actually a very vulnerable thing to do to attempt something like writing or acting or anything in the creative space, even like songwriting, right? I just put out a song recently and it takes confidence that enough confidence that you're like willing to just try, you know? Yeah. 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 It's, yeah just putting myself out there. Cause I was used to just staying in my lane, playing the gray man, not saying boo to anyone and comfortable with that comfortable being in that zone, which was, I think not a mistake, but it was um, not the right lane to be, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And for sure. And how, how young were you when you knew you, you wanted to write? Like how, how young were you when you knew that was something that you, you were interested in, but just didn't know how to? Uh, back as a kid, I think, because I always loved reading. Um, but again, never had the, at the, the confidence to and actually put pen to paper. It, it, it's always been there, uh, reading books as a, as a young kid. But then I started to actually to write once, uh, I think when we deployed to Sangen in 2007. That's why I kept a journal not so much of writing my feelings or thoughts or poems at that stage, but just purely writing down the manipulated contacts that we had on a daily basis in 2007 in Sangin. Uh, where, where is that at? Uh, Sangin, Afghan. Oh, okay. Yeah, so we'll, we'll go back there. You were born in South Africa? Correct, yep. Right, and then eventually uh, you found yourself joining the military. What, what, was it, what inspired you to join the military? Well, um, I joined the British Army because um, I was born and raised in South Africa and I left the country in 2000. But it's, um, I think it was just a family thing. It was born and bred within the family because my old man is ex-South African police force. At my one grandfather, he was a pilot in the Second World War. My other grandfather, he was a, a traffic um, officer. Um, another uncle, he was a fire officer in a fire brigade. So it was always a, a, a desire to follow that foot, that path. Um, and then I ended up joining the, the British Army. I said, what did you do in the Army? Uh, infantry uh, and then the recon platoon. And you had several deployments, right? You had some that were non-combat and several that were combat, correct? Yeah, correct. Yeah, my first deployment uh, was in Northern Ireland. So when I joined the, the battalion, um, infantry unit um, company, it was straight into Northern Ireland. Back then, I, I had no idea what it meant to be in Northern Ireland at the time or the history of the place. Uh, so I was there for two years and then deployed over to Cyprus. I was there for two years. Um, during that time, I deployed to Iraq twice um, in 2005 and again in 2006. And then ultimately uh, in 2007, we deployed to Afghan, to Sangin, D.C. So which one of your deployments would you feel were, were probably the, I don't know, probably the hardest deployment you had? Um, I would say the one in Afghan, the one in Sangin. 
there was just full-on war fighting. It was uh, you see something, you you eliminate the the threat. Uh, it wasn't a peacekeeping mission. It was I would say Afghan and one in Sangin was definitely the highlight of, of my army career. Definitely. Yeah, and you and you, you 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 already said that that's where you started to write. Um, yeah. You were just writing how many times you guys had contact, but like, was there more to that? Was it like just kind of taking notes for yourself for later? In the beginning, it was taking notes for, for myself, but as as you um, as as time went on, I started to write down my thoughts and feelings of that time. There, you know, you, you stay there long enough, um, things appear, things disappear along the way, and I just started to write um, just more ideas on how I felt at the time, and and just um, I start filling pages. And so instead of just writing down, we got contacted with an RPG or sniper fire or small arms fire, I, I started to actually write down um, how I felt at that particular time of stage. And I just started writing, filling pages. And I kept that journal. And then once we finished our deployment, that, that little journal with photos and everything else, I just you know, stored away in a shoebox. I think it was a decision to forget about it. I've actually been there and I've deployed there. Yeah, and so, I mean, I've done the same thing in 2005 when I was in a... Iraq that was a we were in uh Mosul and that was a pretty that was a pretty pretty good deployment for us and so I started yeah. writing and I had that green book like in the military we all had these green books I don't know if you guys had the same ones the same, but, yeah. yeah yeah and so I started writing stories but I was also writing these interesting moments in the deployment like oh shit today was kind of crazy whatever the case right yeah yeah same and, same and then what's funny is I've gone back to read it and at that time, I wasn't a very good writer at all, but it was just like, it was so honest because it was just emotions, 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 you yeah. know what I mean? And so yeah. when you, you went back to that and you read it, is that where you were able to start picking apart and deciding, you know what, I'm going to try and write some poetry or what inspired you to go from just writing format to in the poetry? Because look at, you're an infantry dude like me, right? <laughs> We're around a bunch of tough guys, and you start telling these motherfuckers like, "Hey, I'm gonna right, write poetry." Yeah. They're gonna be like, "Okay, what's wrong with this motherfucker?" Yeah, yeah, so, exactly, exactly. I mean, I, I never wanted to share anything, uh, any of my writing. I thought, like, the boys, the lads, are gonna rip me apart. They're gonna rip me a new one. They're gonna take the piss out of me. They're gonna post it on fucking Facebook, and they're gonna absolutely laugh at it. And I told no one. Um, I told no one about that little journal I kept. But same with you. I started writing things down and. Um, I just start writing down about this beautiful scenery in this beautiful scenery in Afghan in the valley. Here we are. Um, and it was until I think 2019 that I came across a, um, it was an ad by Dead Reckon and Collective by Keith and Tyler, the two main dudes that's behind um, that, that they um, ask for submissions. Yeah. So they, it's, it's, it's the Poet Society, correct? Uh, not yes, Poets. correct. Dead Reckoning. Yes. Collective I, um, by, I think one of your stuff, one of your writing is in the first book, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I'm, I'm in, I'm in, there's probably six of my poems in their first book. Oh, uh, shit. Yeah. And then um, they came out in 2019. I thought, shit, this is my chance. Either I do it or I, I do it. I get up my lane and I just go and try. And if I fail, I can so be it. I've tried. And I submitted three poems and it was until the back end of 2020 that an email came from from them saying that they've um, accepted two of my second collection. Fucking man. And yeah, I was over the moon. Yeah. Um, so, so you guys listening right now, it is 
Dead Reckoning Collective. You can check them out on Instagram. Uh, I was actually, I think I had six poems and when they're first published, it's essentially, it is like a collective of veteran-owned and operated publishing. It's a veteran-owned and operated publishing company producing literature by veterans for everyone. And the book that I was in, I can't remember the name of that one, but the book that I was in essentially was a book of veteran poems. And uh, it was the first one I believe they published. might have been in the second one. I'm trying to look at the, the title for, the, for it. But I remember they were doing this, and I got excited myself because – I don't know. You know what I mean? Um, I've been writing poetry for a long, long time and I haven't had a place to put it and I don't have enough poems to do my own book. Right. So, you yeah, know, I have, yeah. I have about maybe 20 different little poems. And when I saw them doing this, I was like, yeah, I'd love to be a part of that project. And so I sent in about eight poems or something, six of them got selected. And uh, I was pretty excited about that. Cause I was like, Oh, that's kind of cool. So <laughs> this is now, what is it? It's, I'm trying to think of the title, but yeah. So that's the first time you saw veterans in poetry. Correct. That was the very first time um, that I've seen something. And then after the initial submission, I think I just had a uh, bit of, I, think I would say self-confidence. I thought, shit, I mean, I'm going to start, I'm going to actually write a bit more. So I, I, I jumped to the chance to find that little book or that journal that I had. And, and from that, I, um, I started to, to write more um, over, the, over the course of the back end of 2019 and the whole of last year. And then during that time, I started to post more on the, my social media. Um, again, way outside my comfort zone to actually put myself out there thinking, fuck, you know, if one of my, my mates that I surf with in Afghanistan see this, they're going to laugh. I thought, fuck it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take that leap and I'm going to try. And I wrote more stuff. Um, a lot of them in the beginning, absolutely honking. It's 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 not something I would put up, but I did, and I think I got better over the course of 2020. You say the word honking. <laughs> what does yeah, that mean? Uh, bad, as in it's absolutely shit writing. So I thought I'm gonna I'm just gonna put it out there. If they laugh, so be it. At least I tried. Because I think there's probably one other bloke that I served with in the British Army that's on my unit that's, that's got something out there in the form of writing and, and poetry. Um, otherwise, the rest just, just don't. So I thought I'm going to try. I think over the course of the year, I just got, I think, more self-confidence and I got better and better. Yeah, it's, <laughs> there's something to the fact of getting the confidence and now trusting in your writing and then you start pouring all of your emotions into it and it just gets better. I found that my writing gets better the more honest and open I am about it all. And so it just keeps getting deeper and deeper and deeper. And so my poetry has gone into music, right? Have you seen that? I put some songs out. Yes. Yeah. I've seen, yeah. Yeah. So those songs are nothing but poems. I just wrote the poem and I send it to a song writer and we both collaborated on turning it into music. Mm. Because it's this thing where like my poetry was being read, but it was, I don't know if it was being read by the masses, right? Because still poetry is this thing where like some people are like, I don't read poetry, right? Okay, but do you listen to music? Well, fuck it. Let me turn it into music for you then. You know what I mean? And so that's what I've been doing recently because uh, it's just, I can hit you with the poem or I can hit you with the song. I have them both. Which one do you want to hear? You know what I mean? And, and that's been really cool. But I found the book that we did. Uh, the first volume was In Love and War. Uh, and that was volume one. Yeah. And I had, I believe, six poems in that that were powerful. I've just, I mean, it was cool to see other people 
reading my stuff in the veteran community and veterans reaching out to me saying like, bro, your, your, your words were, were so profound. I thought that was really cool. And me and Leo Jenkins, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're good buddies. Leo's probably one of the first veteran writers that I knew him and uh, Marty Scalvin. And Marty is more in the space of, you know, he's a, he wrote the book, um, violence, Violence of Action, I believe it's called, and that's about a bunch of Ranger stories that were beautiful. And then he's he's more now into the journalism style yeah. of writing. And then Leo is a very artsy style writer. He just writes his life and experiences, and uh, he's brilliant as well as what he does. And um, that's kind of what he. They were the ones who essentially opened the door for me to be a writer because I saw dudes doing it right like i know leo was a medic that's that's not the same as an infantry dude at the same time it is because he was also an army ranger and so we lived very similar lives and um sometimes i felt like his writing as on a medic side was a little different than what mine would be but at the same time very similar and and then as i started writing i was like fuck it's cool to have a guy like him kind of open that door him and marty would were essentially the ones that made made it okay to write as an army ranger because there wasn't too many of us writing at the time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, so I want to ask you, do you have one of your favorite poems that you would be able to read to us? Um, yeah, sure. Sure. Um, I've got one here that I've pulled up. Um, that's, um, not in the book, but it's somewhere else, but I can read it for you if you want. I would love her. I would love it, brother. Yeah, man. Uh, let me just, uh, quickly scroll and just wait and look for it. Um, I can read two, a short one and a bit longer one, I think. Yeah, let's do, let's do them both. That'd be beautiful. Okay, so I've got here. Uh, it's called Sunset. Sanger Valley's sunset piece. This foreign landscape, a thing of beauty. A sunset I will remember. My thoughts, my memories beyond those hills. Uh, everything so insignificant. Uh, feeling calm, feeling content. This moment don't last. The sun burns out. The night regains its throne. Peace in the valley, if only for a while. Um, and that's that. That was that one's talking about Afghanistan. That was Afghan. Yeah, that was um, during the time on on guard duty on one of the um, posts during sunset. Um, as as I started my my shift for that night um, on on one of the posts. What people uh, don't get, but people don't get how in, in a war torn country you can still find beauty. Oh, hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. Even before um, a morning attack, because there's this ritual of um, the Taliban attacking our compound was the first 20 days there. I was just basically defending the compound. And that first that mornings before they attack, it was that serene, quiet, eerie beauty of that valley before everything just you know, erupt. And that's what that poem pretty much is talking about, right? The calm before the storm, the beauty before, before the, the storm, war. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, man. And, and I thought I just, it was, again, I thought I'll, for me, I don't think at this stage I can write anything else other than I um, haven't experienced. I thought I'll write what I know. And back then, war, what I've been through, um, fighting the Taliban in that environment, I thought that's what I know and that's what I'm going to write about. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah, let's hear that second one. Second one is um, Helmand Streets. Broken mind, body and soul, unforgiving Helmand heat, beauty beyond these Sangan streets. Bit of a short one there. Um, no, it's good. Somebody say it one more time. Um, one more for you. That yeah, that will read that one one more time if you don't mind. Okay, sure. Uh, it's cool. It's it's, it's uh, titled Helmand Street. 
uh, broken mind, body and soul, unforgiving, Helmand heat, uh, beauty beyond the Sangen streets. Mm. It reminds me so much of my time in Mosul. I remember moments of like, yeah, I might die here, you know, and like coming to terms with that, like, okay, this is probably where it's going to be. And it's cool. It's kind of like in my head at that time in, in, in Mosul, we were, we were having, you know, we were getting into, you know, you know, firefights. We were, we were getting, we had, we had all kinds of stuff was happening within a freaking three week period, right? In the three week period, we, we had contact, 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 but like things that you, you train, but you never expect like some dude throwing freaking hand grenades, right? Another, another one was, uh, the vehicle in front of us, this guy hit an ID, right? And you're doing all yeah, these yeah. things. You're like, Oh shit, we trained this, but fuck, it's actually happening. Yeah, right. Yeah. And I remember like thinking like, okay, this is the real deal. Like we're, we're, we're having contact and it's getting more significant each time we had a helicopter shot in the sky and, and they had to recover their helicopter. And we're like, what the fuck dude? Like one thing, if it rains, it pours, it, you know, and it was just one thing after another. And I remember there's so many moments just sitting there on a knee pulling security and thinking like, I wonder what night it's going to be where I fucking die, you know? Yeah. And like, not, not mad at it either. Just completely. Okay. And, and it's almost, it's almost the honorable one. Like, well, if I'm going to die, this is the right time. This little war we're having this moment yeah. of, of, of Mosul and shit was like, this would be a worthy death, mm. you know? Yeah. And and then soon as I heard I was, we were getting redeployed, I was like, thank God, let's go. <laughs> like there was these moments where like, I'm ready. It's fine. I'm ready to die. And they said, all right, we're going to redeploy. I'm like, yeah, fuck yes. yeah. And yeah. then, and yeah. And then like every mission after that was like, dear Lord, let's go home. We're so close. You know what I mean? We're so yeah, fucking yeah. close. It's funny. It's funny moments. We, we, we did a lot of strikers and you know what a striker is? Those, those, those rubber wheeled vehicles for yeah. eight wheels. Yeah. We started using those because it was safer than what we were using was the, the, the Hummers or the GMVs. And um, I remember just putting my head on the wall and waiting for the countdown. They're like 10 minutes. And you're like, oh, 10 minutes, <laughs> three minutes. You're like three minutes, lock and low, ready, ready, ready. Nods on battery's good. Go, go, go. And it's like that, that 10 minute window was always like, <sighs> Fuck, fuck everything else. War, you know, and uh, it's yeah. such a such a thing that people don't, you know. I think it's something I've chased my whole life since. Yeah, no, same, same. That's why I think I've, I wrote a poem which I, I think I'll read at a different sort of time. I want to leave leave that poem um, for a different day, but it's a poem I wrote, um, and it's about following in my dad's footsteps. Follow where I followed him to war. Because he's the one that he um, done various operations in the South African border war in the sort of early 80s, 70s, and 90s. You know, and it is about why well, would have this person that I look up to, but it's more the image, the uh, that, that that's something I, I had up there, and I want to follow that image, and I'm going to follow him to war. And it's as you've said, you know, it's it's getting there, and then it's happening, and it's going down, and you, you just take one day at a time. You just take one day at a time. If it's going to take place, if it's going to happen, yeah, so be it, you know. But and, and then once you've finished, you're like, oh, fuck, yeah, let's go. We finished. Let's um, go home. Let's go home, man. Let's go. Let's jump on, on the tail, get off the Chinook helicopter and just get out and then leave. You know? That's exactly <laughs> it. You, you get to the point where like, okay, let's go home. I got through it. 
and yeah. uh, you, you're excited about that. And then you come home and realize your body or emotionally, you might mentally you're ready to come home, but emo like everything else yeah. is, is so conflicted with, with being home. You know, exactly. I, I, I explained to people that, that something about war was easy when you only had one thing to worry about. And that's, am I going to get killed today? Hmm. If yeah. that's, that? that's easy, right? That's almost easy. If that's the only thing you really have to worry about, right? Personally, Vince Vargas doesn't have to worry about paying the bills. Doesn't have to worry about, right. Doesn't have to worry about nurturing a relationship with your significant other. Doesn't have to worry about whether I'm a good dad or a bad dad. Doesn't have to worry about goals and destinations and trying to be this or living up to the status quo or keeping up with the Joneses. Like, I don't have to worry about any of that. In war, it's survive yeah. or die. That's easy. And yeah. so when we come home, man, you get hit with the tidal wave of real life shit. And you're like, fuck this, dude. <laughs> Send me <Yeah>. back. <laughs> Send yeah. me back. Exactly. I suppose <laughs> that's why many, many blokes that they want to go back because it's, it's what they know. It's what they've been trained for. They've got one objective and it's to take out or eliminate those people. And everyone is singing off the same song sheet. Everyone knows what's going to happen, what's going to take place, their role. And there's no other stuff to worry about. Nothing about having to look after your kids, make breakfast for them, uh, uh, work, wife. Uh, it's none of that, you know. So coming back, it's, it's, it's hard to explain, man. I, I agree. And that's the funny thing is <clears throat> that's where I've always been conflicted. But before we jump into it, I have to go back to, I have to go back to Manscaped. This is our mid podcast Manscaped promotion. Don't forget, you guys can use promo code Rocco for twenty percent off and free shipping. Your balls will thank you. Hit up Manscaped. Take care of those balls. Your wife will thank you also. <laughs> but man, so I have a poem here, lifted pulled up that I wrote that that doesn't have a lot of doesn't get a lot of attention because I don't, I don't even know if this one's published. I have my own like blog site where I'll publish a few poems here and there. Oh, yeah. And, and, th and this one right here, I want to read it to you. And I put it put well put together. We're not broken, nor are we singular individuals. We have experienced levels of life that many will not do or even dare to. <clears throat> this actually makes us the complete opposite of broken. We are well put together. We have adapted and converted our originally vulnerable and innocent beings into calloused forms of experience. We are better put together human. We are more complete. We're a more completed system that can be that can withstand hardships. If used in the proper manner, we can accomplish unbelievable acts. We can live a fulfilled life but only when we acknowledge the fact that we went through of what we went through made us complete. It made us ready to take on the world. <clears throat> and this was a poem in reaction to so many people thinking we're broken, even ourselves. Right. And, and I like to say, I think we're, I think we're more well put together than others because we can endure so much and still yeah. prevail. And yeah. when we 
turn the mindset of this very negative ideologies of veterans and broken and post, I would say we are way better and more capable of, of going out there and kicking ass in life because the hard days are kind of behind us. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, so, you know, totally, totally. You know, those days of getting up early, getting the gear on at three o'clock in the morning for a night raid, it's, it's, it's over. You don't have to, go on the range and zero the weapon system and you don't have to deploy to a foreign country. Um, you've done all the training. You've, as you've said, you've done the hard yards. You've, you've done it and coming back, it should be a bit easier, you know, right. Just getting in the morning, taking the kids to school. You know, there's no one that's going to plant IEDs right. on the side of the road. Uh, well, <laughs> we hope. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. There's, there's none of that, man. It's, Picking the kids up from after school care, it's it's easy driving there, picking them up, and it's easy spending time with, with your family. You know, I've got three young kids, and I know that, that you've got kids, but spending time with them is easy. They want to do you there at home. They can see their, their, their father, and you spend time with wife. Taking wife out for a, for a, a date, it's easy. You it's know, easy. you don't have to get in a vehicle, um, body armor on, you know, lock and load. You don't have to. You've, you've done the hard shit, man. You've trained for it. It should be easier. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And, and it comes down to mindset, right? It comes down to how you how you take all that we experience and turn it into a positive and not a negative. You know what I'm saying? Like that's really what we have to do is we have to put all that our experiences and 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 really digest that in a positive way and not the negative because the negative will eat you alive. We've seen our own veteran brothers. It eats them alive and they, and they can't, they can't seem to get past it. But I think the cool thing as a writer, we have perspective, right? We see a different perspective. I think, I I think I kind of like to say we see things in layers uh, that others probably wouldn't. Right. You know, like you're, you're at war, but you're writing about the beautiful sunset. Right. Or the sunrise. Right. Like the, the 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 beautiful thing about that is that you see beauty even in war. Yeah. That is why you also see positive from really terrible experiences. But you can turn it into this really beautiful like, yeah, but that's that was good. I needed that or whatever that was. It made me who I am today, which I'm blessed to have. And yeah. I think that's yeah. what's beautiful about the writing side of the world or the writing side of the brain is we can turn anything into a beautiful experience or, or we see things, like I said, in different layers than others. Yeah. And, it's, and I think it's healthy. I think it's healthy. Our, our community should welcome poetry. Our community should welcome a different perspective on what the way they see it. Right. Uh, totally. Yeah, totally. Just, yeah, just um, bring it on paper. Just, um, I, I think I made that choice. It was a choice of I can sit here, I can fest in it, I can feel sorry for myself, I can um, be depressed, or I can choose to I can rise above it. I can I can choose to put it on paper and then grow from that and move on as opposed to sit there and and, and choose to be depressed. I, I think I made that decision to to move on, to get outside of my lane, get outside my comfort zone, and then rise above it and move on and be a better a version of me. I mean, that was one, that was me and a different character, a different person back then in 2007. I've evolved, I've changed over the years. I'm now doing something totally different from what I did back in 2007. Uh, and, and I did different things before that. You know, it's all it's a different character. It's a, 
And I think Leo Jenkins mentioned that in one of these interviews he did, where it was a different character. It doesn't, it never, um, I forgot what it was, but I moved on and I've changed, I evolved, and I made the, d- the decision to do that. Well, that's it, making that decision. Um, it comes down to realizing that 23 year old me is not 39 year old me, right? That, that kid right there, the guy that went to war, that's the war version of me. That's the guy that was ready to do anything he had to, to protect his brothers and sisters. That doesn't exist in my world anymore. Right. Is there, is there still a part of me there? Oh yeah. There's a, there's a version sitting there waiting in a room by himself, fully kitted up, waiting for the call, you know? Yeah. He's there. He's there. (laughs) But he, he doesn't really, he's just sitting there and he'll sit there forever as long as I keep him there. And, my yeah. goal is never to have to bring that guy out again, but there's always a part of me that is war, right? Yeah, yeah, oh, and totally. The, and the, totally. Rest, the rest of me is like, it's like when you see war and you see death, the rest of me for the rest of my life only wants to see love, mm. right? Like everything before yeah. that, yeah. yeah, like all I want to see is love because I've seen the worst. Now it's like, I'm so far past that. And so I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to nurture that side of me ever anymore. Unless, unless obviously worst case scenario, we have to, you know, <laughs> I love yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's about moving on. It's about, yeah, it's, I'm a different person. I, um, I mean, well, I'm, I'm not that person. I, I, I've changed. I, I moved on. Um, I've, I've, I've learned. Um, and I'm a different, yeah, different person where I've got a wife, Beautiful wife, three young kids that keep me on my toes, that keep me young, and I've I've got an amazing job, and I've got the ability to put that on paper, and then also evolve with that, change with that. You know, I don't think I will always write about the war, but as I go on and as my writing improves and gets better, then write about other things. So that's going to evolve. That's going to change. You know, it's not oh, yeah. always going to be the war. You know, it's not. But at this stage, that's what I know, and that's why I'm going to to focus on because i'm still new in the game yeah and i mean your writing is eventually you just start turning towards your kids and your wife well the thing that there's a couple that's that's that um i wrote um about my kids you know because i see that and and that's what i experience and that's that's what i know being a father now you know having that responsibility you know being that person and having a wife and she um supporting me and helping me and, and, and there for me you know and sometimes when i'm down in the dumps and um, i'm I'm just, I don't want to be with anyone. Then she comes up, she gives me a good kick up the ass. She's stop feeling sorry for yourself. Get up, chin up, let's move on, you know? You've got a responsibility. Um, you've got the kids, you know? They, they want to see their dad, you know? They don't want to see a grumpy shit that's, that's <laughs> or not talking. They want to see the dad. They want to spend time with the dad, you know? So, so yeah, she, she's good like that, where she helps me and she, um, she um, supports. Love it. Love it, man. I love it. Thanks so much, man. We, I really appreciate having you on here, man. And hearing your story is huge to me. And it's funny. I see a lot of myself in you. Like we have very similar experiences, very similar path. And I'm excited to see where your writing turns into or where it, where you develop and, and, and how you grow as a writer, where that goes. No, thank you so much for having me on. And yeah, thank you for giving me the opportunity to, to have this chat. And, um, and I believe that if I keep on this path, um, I'll just, develop more and, and give it up. Yeah. It, it just gets better and you start 
challenging yourself as a writer, whether it continues to be poetry, whether it continues, turns into a book, whether it turns into music, whatever it goes, uh, just keep writing, putting it on paper, because there's a lot of warriors out there that are looking for a way to put into words that they can't, and they'll find that, that healing through you. So I really appreciate it, brother. Please no, tell the listeners where they can find your, your poems, where they can find you. This is your time to shine, brother. Sure, they can uh, find three, uh, uh, two, sorry, cancel two of my poems in the uh, War and After, the Apology of Poet Warriors and Collection 2 by the Dead Reckoning Collective. And then also I've got a couple of other um, poems that I managed to get published in, in two other books that was done by a, a British uh, veteran. It was a, a, a collection of, um, I think, six or seven other British veterans um, and two other books. One is called Alone in a Crowded Room. The other one is called Sweeping Leaves in the Wind. Um, this, I, well, those two as uh, a, a collection of various, uh, but the anthology of Poet Warriors, the one by the Dead Reckoning, um, that's the only one that's, that's by um, what, in the States. The other two is that was done in, in the UK. They're all three. It's available on, on Amazon. Okay, cool. Yeah, we have all the links so I'll make sure I add those when we decide to publish this. Mike, will will get all that organized for you. We'll add yep. your Instagram in there and any other link you want so people can find you and listen to your and read your beautiful poetry. And again, brother, I appreciate you coming on with me, man. Thank you for having me on. Thank you for, for giving me the opportunity. Thank you so much. Sure, brother. I took the blow. 